I'm James Milley. And I'm Alex Mito. And this is The Artist Business Plan, your favorite weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs, hosted by Superfine Art Fair. What's going on, business artists? You are listening to The Artist Business Plan, which means that you are certifiably awesome. If you don't know me by now, my name is James Milley. I'm the managing partner and co-founder of Superfine Art Fair, the most widespread art fair for artists in the United States, and one of the top resources for all things art, artists, and marketing of your art. Today, we've got Man One here with us on the mic. Man One is going to share an awesome masterclass with you today on how to use art to help your understanding of others and unconventional ways to monetize art. I don't know about you, but I'm so excited to hear what he has to say. But first, I've got an amazing offer here just for you ABP listeners. Artists, have you ever felt anxious, alone, and not sure about the next move for your career? Good news, those days are over. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine art fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we are offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world offer to learn more. We can't wait to welcome you to the Superfine community and start helping you sell more art today. All right, so we're back here with Man One, and we are ready to change the way that you think about your art career. Man One is a multi-award-winning artist, illustrator, entrepreneur, and co-host of Not Real Art, a podcast celebrating creative culture and the artists who make it. Man One believes that art can transcend cultural and socioeconomic boundaries. Man One and his art have been featured in many television shows, such as MTV's Pimp My Ride, ABC's Extreme Makeover Home Edition, America's Next Top Model, and The Contender. Welcome to the Artist Business Plan, Man One. No, thank you. Thank you. Happy to be here. Now, before we go ahead and dive into the questions we have for you, I want to ask you something to help our listeners get to know the real you. What is the earliest memory that you have of art? I think the earliest memory I have is being uh, in kindergarten, drawing this tiger, (laughs) like my first day of class. Honestly, it's weird. It's a weird memory because it it was it's uh, it's more of a story that I learned over the years uh, from my mom. So I kind of vaguely remember it. It's just a, it's just one of my earliest memories because uh, the teacher didn't call my mom back to, to class just to show her what I had drawn because she was so impressed. That happened a lot when I was a kid. So like maybe I'm thinking of third grade, but it also happened in kindergarten. So there you, <laughs> that's my earliest memories. That's such a great early memory. And I love that you had that support from early on. So let's go ahead and jump into the rest of the questions we have. First things first, what was it like being on America's Next Top Model and MTV's Pit My Ride? What was that like? Well, it's it's not as glamorous as it sounds, number one. When you're an artist uh, doing something on, on, a, on a stage or a backdrop or, or even featured on a card for like Pit My Ride, you're doing everything away from where all the, the celebrities hang out, right? So it's usually done days before the, the celebrities even show up, right? So... I never got to meet Exhibit. 
I never got to meet, uh, you know, anybody. Like <laughs> none of the people that are on the show, you get to meet them. But it's fun afterwards when you get to when you get to watch, you know, you get to watch it on TV and 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 they they spliced it up so so nicely that it looks like you were there having fun with everybody when in reality you were just uh, you know slaving away getting the artwork done <laughs> just to, just to be able to be ready for them to shoot. But Pin My Ride was uh, was especially fun. I painted the car in maybe a day, but it took like four or five different sessions just to do the audio correctly. So that's the 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 beauty and the the science behind uh, um, Hollywood, right? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So I actually do have one minor story. It was uh, for VH1, and I was in a uh, like a choir, like a show choir in college uh, that ended up being on a show. We were backup singers for I think it was John Legend. I don't know. So so someone. It was kind of the same thing where we were recorded like before the actual thing happened. And so it, like, all these shots of us, like a choir singing and everything, but it was just recorded. <laughs> so not quite as glamorous, uh, you know, not just like hanging out with John Legend. So, okay. So in more recent news, uh, tell us about your podcast, uh, Not Real Art. What does that title mean to you? And could you tell us a little bit about what, what your podcast is usually about? Yeah. So my partner, um, Sourdough, it's actually his brainchild. And when he came up with this, he's my partner for Crewest Studio, a company we run representing artists and, and doing um, things like that. He came up with this idea about not real art. And as soon as he said the name, I was like, oh, that's perfect. We got to use that. You know, at the time, we didn't know what it was going to be, but we ended up turning it into a podcast. We also do um, grant, give out money to artists to support their careers. It's a yearly um, grant that we do. And also do um, a symposium, you know, we do like a conference, an art creative, an artist conference that obviously we couldn't do last year, but we're going to do again next year. So it turned into this whole little thing. But really the whole point of Not Real Art is for us to be able to support artists and help them tell their stories and through telling their stories, earn a living, you know, be able to make sales and make connections to earn a living. So we, um, you know, Not Real Art resonated with me because being a graffiti artist my whole life, I've been told that what I do is not real art, right? And I think it resonates with a lot of people because any new genre of art out there, whether they were abstract artists or anything else, the first time it, the first time someone did it or the, the first time people started trying to then trying this new art form, the establishment always pushes back and tries to call it not real art. So yeah, it resonated with us and you know, it's been a it's been really fun being a co-host on there. And during the pandemic we I, I took a hiatus. So now I'm I'm ready to get back into things with with uh, sourdough. He's been kind of bleeding the ship. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. We've just interviewed so many different types of artists, uh, multicultural, multi-generational and from all all medias. So, um, yeah, you guys should definitely check it out if you can. But um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. I never thought I'd be hosting a, a, or co-hosting a, my own podcast, but it's, it's actually turned, turned, to be, uh, turned out to be a lot of fun. Yeah, no, that's amazing. We'll definitely include a link uh, to Not Real Art in the, the show notes of this episode as well. And I, I totally identify with the, the Not Real Art label as well. I don't know. I think embracing that you know, when, when people are, are pushed against, like embracing the offensive term that they're called, uh, I think, you know, using it as like a, a badge of honor. Uh, I, I love that. 
Oh, right on. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, especially at the beginning, we had trouble uh, reaching out to artists because we were like, yeah, we're trying to get you to uh, come on our podcast called Not Real Art. <laughs> Some artists were like, what? What are you calling me? What are you, what are you trying to say? <laughs> so a few of the artists we had to explain, no, 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 it's a, it's a tongue-in-cheek kind of thing. You know? And so you, like we've mentioned, you've done quite a bit. Outside of the podcast world, you've also worked for the U.S. Embassy in Panama, uh, teaching children and teens how to use art to build self-esteem and overcome hardships. We, um, we've actually interviewed quite a few art, art therapists um, on, on the podcast, so it's definitely something that we talk a lot about. So what are a few things that you've taught you know, the kids and, and teens in Panama um, that you could share with us, just like you know, global tips? Yeah, that was a really interesting project. You know, first of all, being asked by the the U.S. State Department to go and teach graffiti in Panama. But once I got down there, it was it was so awesome. We were doing different things in different cities every day. Uh, not only did I teach kids and workshops, but I also spoke at universities. They were having a big uh, art a big art event they were having there, and I was speaking at it, and got to be on some TV shows and stuff. So it was it was pretty much like all over the map doing all kinds of stuff. But definitely the most impactful stuff for me was working with the kids because I got to work with kids from, I don't know, maybe the youngest were maybe about six, seven years old, all the way to their teens, you know? And these kids were showing up with like no shoes, no socks, you know, uh, just barefoot, shorts. Some didn't even have shirts on. Come from extreme poverty um, a, lot, a lot of times. First, I'd show them just kind of what I do and the spray can and all that kind of stuff. And just seeing their eyes light up and just hungry to create. And then we gave them markers and I showed them how to do like graffiti alphabets and things like that. Just very rudimentary kind of stuff. But they like just devoured it. I mean, they loved it so much. They, they took the cans and started spraying. And we did, we did like these canvases and these um, panels that they got to keep. And just, you know, I, I, I know Spanish. I'm a Spanish speaker. So it was very easy for me to communicate with them. But regardless of that, you get to see how art is such a universal language and you get to see how, how kids react when, you're, when they're given an opportunity to be creative. Everything else goes out the window. We were all like in the same, on the same boat at the same time, enjoying and doing the same thing. That was the whole point of that project was just to, to, to show these kids that like through creativity, they can, ex- they, can, they can express themselves and they can get out of whatever current situation they have, even if it's just mentally or physically for for a few hours you know that was really impactful for me and i'm, I'm sure it was for them I've, I've done these in different countries and in different cities and it's always kind of the same result and it's uh it's just like you see these smiles on, on the kids faces and you see like how they're able to express themselves and just escape for a little while and and do something that's for them completely foreign you know some of these kids didn't even have markers and i was giving them uh, bags of colorful markers that they could keep and take home with them. So, so it was really fun. That's so amazing that for one, the U.S. government asked you to do that. That's incredible. Being able to go there and giving them this this permission to be creative. I mean, that's it's not just a, a luxury. It's really important to be able to to do that. And so, I, I love that you were able to um, to offer that for them. And definitely, like just a a broad takeaway that art is a universal language. I mean, it's so true. I mean, you know, we're able to, to express things visually uh, in ways that the, the nuance of language can sometimes get in the way when, when talking to other 
you know, people who don't speak the same language as you. And with art, it's, uh, I think it's easier to express nuance a little more clearly. All right, well, uh, we are going to come back in just a moment, and Manwan is going to tell you more about what you'd like to hear about uplifting other artists and much more. But first, another quick message from our sponsors. New York City, San Francisco, Los Angeles, and yes, Miami. These are just a few of the places where you and your art can meet your next collector when you take the next step and exhibit with us at Superfine Art Fairs. For nearly six years, we've taken thousands of hours to develop the best art fair model for artists out there. Superfine Fairs have helped hundreds of artists just like you take control of their careers, build relationships with collectors, and create the art income and freedom that you deserve. For a limited time, we're offering you the chance to not only get a great discount on your booth, but also appear on this very podcast as a special guest, reaching thousands of artists, art influencers, collectors, and arts professionals every day. To find out how you can take advantage of this incredible opportunity, just visit www.superfine.world offer to learn more. Don't miss the chance to be a part of the top business artist community in the world. So Manwan, in your opinion, how does art help foster understanding, mutual respect, and unity, um, especially in today's day and age. Having traveled all over the world and being in places where I don't understand the language, places like Japan, even in Germany and throughout uh, Central America and stuff like that, you realize that when you do art and um, you can communicate through art, it's a special thing. You know, being able to be to be an artist, not any, anyone can do that. And so when someone sees you creating art there's almost like an instant respect that uh that you give and you receive because you're 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 a creator right and that goes beyond borders and beyond countries and languages for example when i was in japan it was really difficult for a lot of the students to embrace doing graffiti in their in their own language they wanted to do it in english and i was trying to show them like the letter forms doesn't matter it could be you know they're they're in their script it doesn't have to be in english but you know, they grew up with this crazy, like, like alphabet and, 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 and their letter form is, is, is basically an art form. So you're telling them to go ahead and, and destroy all that, that they've, that's taken them years and years and years to practice and learn and to expand on that. And it's really difficult for people like that to, to get out of their comfort zone. But eventually they do. I think that's when you hit a, a, a certain level of like, um, understanding with each other, because then you realize that it's not about what you've been indoctrinated to think or whatever. It's actually something that you can create out of your own experience and with your own voice. When people are able to understand that, I think it just opens up their future and their their reality. You know, in a lot of ways, we're we're sheltered here in the United States because you know we just think freedom of speech is such a a simple thing that's just given anywhere. But then you go to all these other countries and you realize like, wow, you know, that's it's not there's not freedom of speech the way we think about it everywhere. You know, when you're uh, pushing people to think independently and to and to think creatively, sometimes there's pushback. And uh, when they get over that hump, then all of a sudden you have this new enlightenment that that's really beautiful to to see and to witness, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I think that's really interesting that um, when you're in Japan, they they kind of resisted making graffiti using the own like symbols of their language. I think that's uh, sometimes it's easier to, uh, to express like from things that are not so near and dear, like 
close to home for you. Yeah. I mean, definitely like just breaking down those barriers with people in general and being able to express something that, that makes sense for everyone. Uh, I, I totally agree that that's, that's the way to, to bring everyone together. Um, so I think, I think that's so cool that you're able to go around and introduce that to people all over. That's great. Yeah, no, thank you. All right. So man one, so you founded Cruist Gallery to legitimize graffiti as collectible art. What would be your top three tips for graffiti artists turning their art form into art that people want to buy? Wow, that's a really excellent question and something that I had been trying to teach people the 10 years that I ran the gallery <laughs> because a lot of artists won't take your advice. And I'll give you the three tips right now. So the, the number one tip I would give graffiti artists is understand your scale, the scale that you're working at. It's not exactly what you're doing on the street that needs to be in the gallery. So it doesn't have to be like a smaller version of the big stuff you're doing on the street. It can be that. Some artists do do that. But your work inside a gallery has a different context. So think of what you want to say and how you want to create. And I'm also talking about scale because, you know, size matters. It's very difficult to sell large pieces. You know, not everyone can do that. And so I tell people, create something that's more affordable that's smaller, maybe, you know, that's, that's not, doesn't take up an entire wall. <laughs> and uh, you be, you won't believe how many artists I get pushback from around that. You know, they're like, no, I, I do 20 foot pieces. That's what I do. And I'm like, okay, well, we're not going to sell a lot of 20 foot pieces, you know? So that's, that's one thing is just, you know, think about scale, you know, think about your price points, you know, who are you trying to sell to? Do you want to be super exclusive and only sell a few pieces or are you trying to make a living? And that takes me to, to another point, which is if you're trying to make a living doing art, then you should really reconsider going out there and doing illegal work. A lot of artists walk that fine line where they want to be edgy and still doing illegal, hardcore stuff. But then they also want to be hanging on museum walls. You know, I'm not saying you can't do that because I have seen a few artists who've done that, but I've seen many, many more artists whose careers or end abrupt, abruptly because um, next thing you know, you're in jail or you're being, you know, fined or you've got a felony or whatever the case may be. If you're trying to do this as a career and something that you're serious about, then take it seriously. You know, don't don't just do it thinking that that you can get away with everything because eventually it, it will catch up to you. You know? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think those are really, really solid tips and everyone just uh, for a quick, quick review. So you know, when you're making work for a gallery, make sure that you're paying attention to the scale of it. So, you know, maybe take it down from the 20 foot wide size. Uh, it's not necessarily just, you know, a smaller version of the, the large one. You might be adjusting more than just the size. Pay attention to your price points and make sure that like however many pieces you're looking to sell, like finding that balance um, in the price point and number of buyers you're looking for. And then lastly, of course, yes, definitely if you're trying to do it as a living and there's, you know, an inherent risk every time you're going out making an illegal, you know, tag or, or um, piece on the street, uh, then, you know, start start getting commissions <laughs> for for uh, for street art and uh, and focus on that. But um, definitely, I think those are three really solid tips. Cool. Well, Manuel, this has been an amazing conversation. Let's go ahead and bring it home for our listeners out there. What should our listeners do right now to start revving up their careers in a big way? I think the easiest answer is create. 
We're artists. We're meant to be creators. Creators. That's our role. That's where we function. You can't sell anything if you haven't created it. You can't post anything if you haven't created it. So I always tell people, just always be creating and create as much as you can all the time. Don't worry about it being good or bad. Don't, don't judge yourself that way. Just do the work. You know, they always say that, you know, uh, with experts in every field, you know, they, they got to put 10,000 hours in. As an artist, you probably put, you know, you're going to put way more than that. But you got to go, you got to go for it. You got to just produce, produce and produce. That's what's going to make you better as an artist. That's what's going to make you understand yourself and your work. And that's what's going to be your product and what you can give to the world in whatever format it is that you're creating. So create, produce. That's what I tell artists to do all the time. No, I, I love that. And honestly, I mean, it's so true because like you said, like if you don't create anything, you have nothing to sell. So artists, a lot of the times when they're thinking about the business side of their art, they're thinking, oh, like I love making art, but really like so much of my art career is, is selling it. Well, you do still need to take the creating side seriously. Like you need to make sure that you're not feeling guilty about spending time in the studio or wherever it is for you. And yeah, just make sure to keep creating, like keep that going. It's, it's the thing driving your business at its core. So cool. Well, to all of you business artists out there and creative artists, um, Man One has been here with us today sharing his amazing perspective. You can listen to this in all of our past podcasts on our website at superfine.world. To connect with Man One, you can follow him at Man One Art on Instagram and also visit manone.com. As always, remember that we are Superfine Art Fair on Instagram. We always appreciate a share when you're listening to and enjoying the artist's business plan. And once again, uh, if you could take just a moment of your time to write us a review on Apple Podcasts, uh, we'd really appreciate it. Those ratings and reviews are so critical in helping other artists, entrepreneurs, just like yourselves, find us. And as always, I'd like to wrap the class up by sharing a quick quote with you all. And the quote is, success is the sum of small efforts repeated. That is by R. Collier. Manwan, it has been such a pleasure having you with us today. Thank you for sharing your perspective with our listeners. We are so grateful for that. Thank you. Absolutely. Everyone else, have an awesome rest of your day. And remember to stay on top of your artist business plan. Get out there and make it happen. Thanks for joining us for another episode of The Artist Business Plan, a weekly business podcast for artist entrepreneurs brought to you by Superfine Art Fair. Hosted by Superfine CEO Alex Mito and co-founder slash professional artist James Milley, join us and leaders in the art, marketing, and business arenas each week for tips, tricks, and value bombs designed to help you thrive and sell more art. For more information on applying to Superfine Art Fair, as well as recordings of this and all of our past podcasts, just visit www.superfine.world. We love to hear what you have to say, so follow us on Instagram at superfineartfair and shoot us a message to let us know you're listening. Looking for a more personal connection or want to exhibit at an upcoming fair? Shoot us an email at artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world and we'll get right back to you. That's artistsmakingmoney at superfine.world.